Uh, it's great to see you all today and um, what a joy it is for those of us to be together. Anyway, I want to start off by sharing a few stories. I love hearing stories of when God moves. Okay, the last few weeks ago, I was talking with uh, my mate Boise. He's a GP down in Essex and, um, and he's also during this time been running a COVID vaccination centre. And uh, back in January, on the height of the pandemic, they were due to be vaccinating about 1,000 individuals. So 1,000 of the most vulnerable people, people like my grandma, who's super, super old. And on that day, there was no vaccine. And uh, as you can imagine, it was not only like a logistical nightmare, but it was awful because Boise knew that every day wasted was costing lives. And so what he did is he, he got down on his knees in the middle of that vaccination centre and prayed out loud would you send the vaccine? 20 minutes later, a delivery truck rocks up. What's it got on it? Obviously, it's full of the vaccine. And um, the delivery driver says to him, oh, it's a bit strange because um, every day I go out and I go on my vaccine tour and I drop them all off. But today, you are the only one I'm coming to. I don't know why I've just come for you today. What an amazing answer to prayer. And... Um, you know, apparently words got out in Essex that there's a praying, kneeling doctor and um, people have been asking questions. Love that story, but just one that I've heard over the last few weeks of God's kingdom coming. Like the young person that I prayed with in Trent Youth who had been experiencing anxiety every single day for a year, horrible. And as we prayed for her, God's kingdom come, she encountered peace and instantly that anxiety left. Or the young man who came to church just a couple of weeks ago because some students invited him, encountered the presence of God. Or another member of our church was at Tesco Click and Collect. Love that place. And uh, she had a, a word of knowledge for the Click and Collect person, if that's what they're called. And it was absolutely bang on. They got to pray for them and talk about Jesus. Amazing. You know, that's just from the last couple of weeks. But since I've been following Jesus over the years, I have seen so many kingdom encounters. You know, people coming to faith, miraculous prayers being answered, healings, you know, legs growing out. Lumps disappearing, scars, self-harming scars disappearing. Words of knowledge that have brought life and in some places people have met Jesus because of it. I love talking about the kingdom of God. And uh, we've arrived this week at week four. We're talking about encountering the kingdom of God through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what's like stuck with you or struck you so far, but for me there's these three things that I've noticed about the kingdom. There's three things that always seem to be there when the kingdom of God breaks through, almost like ingredients in a recipe. And uh, helpfully for you, and also for me, they all begin with a letter P. Everyone loves a bit of alliteration, of course. So the first one, any ideas? No? Oh, just a laugh, love that. Laugh. Well, I'm going to help you, don't worry. You won't be laughing because I've got some help for you. The first one is presence. You just can't get away from it, the presence of God. The presence of God seems to be like one of the most fundamental and persistent characteristics of the kingdom, doesn't it? Right at the beginning of this book, you see it. You see it, don't you, in the Garden of Eden. You see a beautiful picture of God with humanity, present. Then you see it in some of the Old Testament stories. You see glimpses of God's kingdom in Exodus, in the stories of David and Solomon. They're always going on about how God is present with them. You know, in fire, in a cloud, in the tabernacle, in the temple basically wherever they go. And then, of course, you've got the most dramatic inbreaking of the kingdom coincided, didn't it, with God becoming present in the person of Jesus. Emmanuel, God present with us. And it doesn't stop there. 
gets even better because you've got the great kingdom outbreak of Pentecost, which coincided with God becoming present in the person of the Holy Spirit. Wherever you see the kingdom, you'll always see his presence. Okay, the second one, I'm not going to ask if you know because the first one just got a laugh. So the second one, okay, first one's presence, second one, this is a bit funny, is it all right? It's all right, okay. The second one is power. You know, speaking of Pentecost, what a powerful day. You know, whenever we see God's kingdom breaking through in the Bible, people encounter God's power. Battles are won. These miracles start happening. Sickness and injustice just gets undone. And finally, purpose. Remember, we've been talking these last few weeks, haven't we, about the kingdom of God as God's rule and his reign. The purpose of God's kingdom is that his will is done. And Rich Nathan says very simply, we've been saying this all along, the kingdom of God is what things would look like if Jesus ran everything and his will was done everywhere. Presence, purpose, and power. These three things, they come together like heat and oxygen and fuel. And what do you get? Fire. You get fire. You get God's kingdom, his rule and reign here on this earth. You know, just pick up this book because if you start reading it, you'll see these three kingdom ingredients everywhere, especially in the ministry of Jesus, right? You know, God is, he's present, isn't he, in Jesus, walking around. God's purposes are, are revealed as he, as he proclaims, as he talks about the kingdom of God. And his power is released, not only as he talks about it, but as he demonstrates the kingdom of God through casting out demons, through healing, through signs and wonders. And it's this proclamation and the demonstration for Jesus which go hand in hand. And you see this in, in multiple places, but one of them is in Matthew 9, says this. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the, the good news of the kingdom and curing every sickness and disease. You know, in a few weeks, we're going to be looking at proclamation on announcing the kingdom of God. But today we're talking about demonstrating the kingdom of God, doing the stuff that Jesus did. So I guess the question for us is like, how do we do it? How do we get involved? Well, as John B. said the other week, there's no specific formula. You know, we can't guarantee a kingdom breakthrough because the kingdom is both now and not yet. But Jesus clearly taught us to be expectant and to seek his kingdom. And I believe we can do it by pursuing these three ingredients, presence, power, and purpose. I love this quote from John Wimber. He says this, he says, we don't seek God's power, we seek his presence. His power and everything else is always found in his presence. And I've heard uh, Mike and Andy from Soul Survivor, they put it like this, they say, our goal should be a relationship with Jesus, not power from Jesus. You know, he, he says it's a bit like this, um, if you jump into a pool, obviously you're going to get wet. If you stand by a fire, you're going to get hot. In the same way, if you're close to the Lord, his power will be present. You can't like separate one of those things from the other. Not like um, an Amazon parcel that just comes totally disconnected from the sender. God's presence and his power, it doesn't come from a distance. When we're close to him, the potential for the supernatural is all around and um, I've experienced this firsthand a number of times. Probably the most dramatic was um, a few years back. I was in a worship service a little bit like this. And um, I had such a close and intimate encounter with the Lord. It was just so precious. And no one was praying for me. I was just there totally on my own. 
And in that moment, God instantly healed me of like a lifelong fear of dogs. And some of you guys might think, well, that's a little bit trivial. It wasn't trivial for me. It was something that had a huge hold over me. So much so that I've actually got a puppy. No, I'm joking, I haven't. I haven't got a puppy. But it's what we see in God's kingdom because his presence is not dwelling in a temple anymore. His presence dwells inside of us. We are temples of the Holy Spirit and where his presence is, there's power. Many of you guys will know, we're familiar with the words from Matthew 28. And uh, this is known as the Great Commission. We're gonna keep coming back to the passage today. But notice the last things that Jesus says. Okay, Matthew 28, verse 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptize of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Listen to this. And surely I am with you always, even until the very end of the age. You know, Jesus is always with you. His presence, it never abandons you or never leaves you. And so if you want to see God's kingdom break out, you know, if you want to be in tune with what the Father is doing and saying, taking risks, becoming courageous, I want to ask you this today. Are you intentionally pushing into God's presence? And are you willing to do whatever it takes to be present with him? You know, showing up on a Sunday, whether it's here in the room, whether it's online, committing to a small group, prioritising his presence in your everyday presence. The second one, power. In Luke's gospel, chapter nine, it says this. When Jesus had called the 12 disciples together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And it's this combination of, of power and authority that crops up regularly when we're looking at the kingdom. Power, it flows from authority. And Jesus had both. Remember this passage we just read. It says, Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. You know, Jesus, he's got it, he's got it all. And God's kingdom has been, has been launched, or as the theologians say, inaugurated through Jesus the King. And so it's on that basis that he sends us out under his authority and in his power. There's a really familiar, actually it's just up here, Acts chapter one, verse eight says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We've been given the same authority and the same power. Just a few weeks back, a friend of mine went to get a massage for a running injury. And um, while she was there, she got chatting with the masseuse, which, as a side note, I think is a funny word, masseuse. The more you say it, the weirder it gets. Anyway, she's chatting with the masseuse and um, the person, and it turns out that she, um, she also had a, an Achilles, Achilles problem, wherever, the, yeah, down there somewhere. She also had the Achilles problem. And so my mate prayed for her that the Achilles would be healed in Jesus' name. And guess what? You know, it was healed. But not over, only that, her Achilles had been catching as her foot was flexing, and it instantly stopped. Amazing. God's kingdom breaking out, and they ended up having an amazing conversation about God. You know, we can actively push into authority by how we pray. You know, when we pray, 
uh, you know, leg be healed in Jesus' name. We're not just saying it because it sounds, you know, a little bit more spiritual. We're making a statement because that's where the power and the authority comes from. You see it in that story I just told about my friend, but you see it in the Bible. Uh, one of the places you see this is in Acts chapter 3, where Peter, uh, he sees a lame man get healed by saying, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Let's be like Peter. Let's pray using authoritative commands. Leg be healed in Jesus' name. Situation be resolved in Jesus' name. And be expectant for God's kingdom to break through. And some of you might be tuning in today here in the room and you know, you're thinking, well, that's great, but my prayers don't get answered in the way I want. I don't always see kingdom breakthrough. And, and, and I've experienced that, you know. And this shoulder... This one here has been prayed for more times than I don't know what. More times than England have lost a football match, and that's a lot of times. And it's never been healed until maybe today. I stacked it on the stage at DTI a few years back. And it's kind of okay when it's a shoulder, although I'm always wanting to see if God would want to heal it. But some of you will have questions, and it's hard, isn't it? It's like, why does like, a headache get healed? Why does someone's Achilles get healed, but yet my friend or my family member has died of, of cancer or something, or covid it's really hard, and as a church, we're a family. We, we mourn with those who mourn. We grieve with those who grieve, but we also rejoice as we see God's kingdom break through as well. And so if you've got some of these questions, do check out John Bodley's talk from the other week because he answers some of these brilliantly, going into details and depth about the now and the not yet of the kingdom. So whilst we don't always see breakthrough, and that's challenging and it's hard, and I've experienced that personally, we do sometimes. And you know, I'm convinced that we're going to see more if we pray than if we stop. You know, remember, we're not trying to like twist God's arm. We're simply walking in the authority of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's give it a go because you know what? We might just see God move. We might just see him move. And I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments where something happens and you do everything in your own strength to try and fix the situation. And then as a last resort, you think, Probably should have prayed about that. I've had loads of them. A lot of them involve DIY, but a lot of more serious situations as well. But then I've prayed, and, I've, and I've, as a last resort, I've prayed in the name of Jesus. And you know what? Sometimes I've seen something miraculous happen. I've seen finances appear. I once saw drains literally unblock, legs growing out, a miraculous code once to a barrier that I could not get out of. I could go on. And so I want to encourage us with this today. Next time we encounter someone who needs healing or an impossible situation, rather than running around and trying to fix it in our own strength, why don't we pray first in his name and under his authority and see what happens? Let's move on to our final P, which is purpose. When it comes to the kingdom of God, there is a purpose. And God wants us to express his rule and reign his kingdom in every situation. If we go back to Matthew 28 here, Jesus said to his disciples, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. You know, remembering the passage that's behind me as well, it says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on, on you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria. It gets further out to the ends of the earth. In these passages, we see presence 
and power and authority. They're all involved in the purpose to tell the world about Jesus and to make disciples and to teach them to obey everything that Jesus had said. You know, you might be wondering, why are miracles and healings, why are they sometimes called signs and wonders? That's a funny thing. Well, I reckon it's because they act as a sign of God's kingdom and it makes people wonder. You know, they see a sign of God's kingdom, they're like, what's that all about? Maybe there's something in this stuff. A few weeks back, Ben and Caroline, they were in the the market square and they met a young man from Iraq. And as they shared their faith and they prayed for him, he encountered something of the kingdom of God. So he ended up coming here on a Sunday and again experienced God's presence. And um, Ben met up with him and uh, downloaded the New Testament for, for him in Kurdish. And the first words that this guy stumbled upon were the John 3.16. This was the first time he'd ever heard the Bible in his own language. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that those who believe in him will never die but will have eternal life. What amazing words for this man to be experiencing. The kingdom of God doesn't have language barriers. It doesn't have barriers. And this man is a, um, he's on a journey because Ben and Caroline, they were obedient. Just this week, I heard about Ezra. And... Um, This is brilliant. Ezra's two years old, and I heard about him because his mum got in touch with the Trent Kids team to say uh, what an avid watcher he is of the Trent Kids Nought to Five online stuff. And apparently, whenever the cartoon Jesus comes on, whenever he sees cartoon Jesus, he says happily, hello, Jesus. Um, I know it's lovely. But um, Becky said, you know, in this time, he's really growing in his understanding. And uh, when at home, he loves to stretch out his hand and to pray for them. And uh, just the other week, they were picking him up from nursery and the nursery staff said, oh, he's such a nice and kind and caring little boy. And um, he does this thing, you know, whenever there's a, young, a, little, a little child who's hurt or upset, he wanders over, he puts their arm on them and he just sort of talks in his own little way. And, um, you know, obviously there's a nursery staff, they didn't know, but Becky knew he was praying. You know, what a legend, What a legend. Ezra's caught something of how to demonstrate the kingdom of God. Everybody gets to play, even a two-year-old. You know, when Jesus sent out his 12 disciples to proclaim and to demonstrate the kingdom, Jesus, he said something actually so beautiful, but unbelievably challenging, because he said this in Matthew chapter nine. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And so what he meant is is that there's people all around. People all around in in, in Nottingham, in Nottinghamshire, in the UK, in the world, who are desperate to encounter the kingdom of God. They might not know that, but they're desperate for it. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And God is wanting more of us, more laborers in his field, both proclaiming, talking about, and demonstrating the kingdom. And he's given us everything we need to do it. You know, we carry the kingdom in us. We have his presence through the Holy Spirit. We have his power. We pray in his name and under his authority. And it's because of what Jesus has won it for us through his death and resurrection. We have his purpose, his purpose in the commission that he's given us. Let's share it with the world, guys. Everybody gets to play. And if two-year-old Ezra is up for it, the question is, are we?